Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. I have like a super fucking thick skin. You can hurl insults my direction all day long and I'll take most of them and I'll run with it. I'll even laugh at them with you sometimes, depending on what it is. But the one thing that people throw my way and have actually thrown my way is to imply that just because I'm gay, that somehow that makes me less of a father to my little boy. And I'm here to tell you there is absolutely not one thing in this world that insults me more than coming for me as a father, period. And that's it. Chances are is that if you listen along to this show, then you already know that I have mentioned several times, in fact, the idea that I actually have a child, a son. And you guys, listen, I know this is a gay-themed show, and I'm not saying a son as in, you know, one of those, like, daddy-son situations that you see on most of the Pornhub world. I'm actually talking about my own biological child, no, as Caden Philip. Washburn. And he was born to me and his mom in 2007. And you guys, I will never forget that fucking moment as long as I live, as I watched his long brown hair just swirling about in all of the amniotic fluids that emerged from his mother's vagina. And in that moment, that fateful moment, that light switch just went off in my brain. And for the very first time in my life, I felt all the emotions of true love. That child walked into my life and you guys, it has been such an integral part of every fiber of my entire being to be this little boy's dad. I'll never forget putting the diapers on wrong and learning that lesson the hard way. I'll never forget when we had to wean him off a pacifier and that nightmare that came along with that journey. I'll never forget the sleepless nights of an infant crying throughout the middle of the night and going to work each and every day and just wanting so bad to nap at my desk. 
Oh, never forget the win. When his first words, the very first words that emerged from his lips were none other than Dada. And yes, why would it be anything else, you might ask? <laughs> oh, God. I remember when he was, he was just so frustrated when he couldn't get riding a bike without training wheels. And finally seeing him maneuver through that street on that day, doing it for the very first time, and just seeing that happy look on his face was just so rewarding and life-enriching in itself. I'll never forget that first moment when he won the actual like lead role of his school play in elementary school and just watching that little boy shine. I assure you, this kid, he'll be a performer one day. Mark my words. And where the fuck do you think he got that from? <laughs> but you guys, honestly, truth be told, like he was such a picky eater as a little kid. Like all he would ever eat was cheese pizza, peanut butter and jelly with white bread only, only strawberry jelly, and the crusts had to be cut off. Chicken nuggets and literally absolutely nothing else. With the very stubborn refusal to try anything that I tried to put in front of him. And it really just made that moment where you're not leaving the table until you finish your broccoli pretty much next to impossible. But he was just as stubborn as I would have been in that moment. And you guys, listen, here we sit in 2023 where my son is just about to turn 16 years old. 16 years old, you guys. And I, as the words come out of my mouth, I can't even fucking believe that that is my reality that I'm sitting in in this moment. So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill. And let's explore the entire notion of what it means to be a gay baby daddy. And what's it like to raise a child while also being the world's most pristine Castro slut of all time? are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host, popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that actually gets dropped off on the first day of kindergarten and cries and cries until you come back to pick them up promptly after only to find that they actually don't want to go. They want to stay and play with all the other kids. My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore the entire notion of what it means to be a gay baby daddy. Well, listen, if you've listened along to this show, you know that I am very 
sexually inappropriate, very like straightforward and direct about my sexuality, about, you know, being a full-blown slut. Like the words dick and bang my ass and like all of the things that are so fucking inappropriate fall out of my mouth on a regular basis. And you might be asking yourself, how is this pristine Castro slut able to also simultaneously live this lifestyle while being a father of a little boy? So we're going to go into all the ins and outs of what that's been like for me, because, you know, I don't really talk about my son very much on this show for obvious reasons. <laughs> but, you know, he is the most important thing in my life. And I'm here to tell you this week all the reasons why that that little boy will forever be the one thing in my life that just drives me to pursue all of this so that one day I can just hand it over to him and he'll be set for the rest of his life. And he's the only reason why I do absolutely anything in regards to the show, the work that I do, all of it. It's all for Caden Philip Washburn. And, you know, we're going to actually talk about, you know, what people who consider themselves to be gay really think about having kids, whether or not they're willing to have kids or not have kids, what their opinion is, all of it. That's the question that was asked this week to a few of my friends, as well as you, the listeners. So let's see what all the gays think about having children this week. But first, before we actually pack a little lunch for your child and put a little note in there saying daddy loves you and just know that when he rips open the lunchbox to eat his lunch, it's the first thing he throws off to the side without even reading. But that's the beauty about being a parent. First, let's hop into this week's re-exposé. Welcome to this week's re-exposé, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, or you came for me and I felt like I needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, oh, fuck, God, what the fuck was I even trying to say there. Oh, Jesus, what a goddamn mess. That definitely merits a re-expose. <laughs> you guys, listen, I absolutely love it, truth be told, when you all come for me. It's, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but getting some hateful messages sometimes, I really get off on that. And I have to say, Somebody came for me last week in regards to a detail that I revealed in last week's expose entitled Deep Within Those Gay Walk of Shame Archives, where I just unveiled some of my most iconic gay walk of shame stories of all time. And basically, it was the story I talked about where I was dating the guy who was in real estate. And basically, what ended up happening was he was hiding the fact from me that he was a Christian pastor as well. So... This person actually DM'd me and said that I was making up the story that I was lying and how could, quote unquote, a real estate agent also be a pastor? And basically, he was insinuating that I like, I didn't like think the story through, like I made up the whole story and that like, 
literally I like miss that detail or like, first of all, let me just say this. Why would I be that fucking stupid? <laughs> Why? And also, you came for the wrong person. I just want to let you know. Because I grew up in the Christian church. So I am educated enough to understand the fact that most Christian church pastors do not make a stable income to live, especially in a city like San Francisco, where it's one of the most expensive places to live in this world. And I'm here to tell you that most pastors have like a second side hustle or another job because that's how they pay their fucking bills because the the church pastor situation's not doing it for them alone. So I just wanted to educate this person just a little bit more on the dynamic of what that is. And just so you know, your pastor that you go to church and listen to each and every week, because I have a feeling this person was that type of person, <laughs> they're probably doing some sort of like job on the side as well. So think about that for a moment before you decide to full-blown come for me with all the weapons involved and all of it. And <laughs> by all means, try again and keep coming back for more. Keep reading me for filth, you guys. I love it. I eat it up. And I'm sucking my fingers like I'm eating fucking hot wings. <laughs> so I have an announcement, a really exciting one at that. So chances are, if you listen along to this show, you know that like for the last like year plus, I've shamelessly been plugging the AIDS life cycle and just trying to get you to like donate to my AIDS life cycle journey, trying to convince you of all the reasons why you should donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. And you guys, listen, I'm trying to raise $5,000 to, you know, do this week long bike ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And I did it last year for the first time. I was a roadie and a roadie is somebody who basically gives up their time for this week to work to ensure that all of the bike riders that have like ridden their bikes all day long, they're exhausted, they're tired. They have a little meeting place in the middle to actually come and relax and enjoy the rest of their day, etc. So the actual job that I did last year was what they call the AIDS life cycle village. So I was like, my team was responsible for like putting up this village. It's like the little central meeting place at each of the campsites so that, you know, everybody can come together in the middle of the like camp area. And there's like a charging tent for all of your like phones and devices and watches and shit. And there's a little like area where you can relax and there's some chairs. Some They did like a movie night one night in this little area. There's like an information booth, etc. Like we just basically were responsible for building all of that up. So I, this year, a couple weeks ago, because I haven't been able to talk about this on the show just yet because of all of my, you know, pre-recording situations that are like post-dated, et cetera. I got a phone call from the woman who is responsible for all of the roadies and their assignments. And she just randomly called me out of nowhere and asked if I would be interested to, wait for it, be the captain of my team this year. So you guys, I'm so excited to announce that I will be the AIDS Life Cycle Village captain this year for 2023, and I could not be more excited. I'm like about to literally jump out of my fucking skin with excitement. I've already reached out to all of my team members. I'm so fucking stoked to be like this much more immersed and involved in this fucking AIDS Life Cycle thing. 
But here's the thing, you guys. So now I really need you to help donate to my AIDS life cycle journey because now that I'm a captain, I have to actually pull in some serious money. So please, please, please donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. Links in this week's show notes, links in all of my social media bios, all of my websites. If you pretty much just Google Ronnie Washburn, you can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey, which is now that much more important because... I'm captain of my team. And if you guys, listen, if you have any information on like wanting to actually be a part of the AIDS life cycle this year for 2023, I have all the deets now. I'm a captain. I have a way for you to get in. So DM me, email me, message me, call in on the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline and just ask me anything. I'm so fucking happy to help and maybe make the AIDS life cycle an important part of your life too. So hit me up. Let me know. I have all the information and I'm so fucking excited, you guys. Captain of the AIDS Life Cycle Village this year. So before we get my gay expose that just so happens to have a well, it's your turn to pick up the kids for carpool and you're just so fucking hungover that you would just wish that somehow they could drive themselves home instead. First, let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends as well as you, the listeners. As a gay, do you foresee having kids and being a dad in your future? And tell me why. Or why not? So let's get some of those responses now. Will says, yes, adopting. There are so many unwanted kids out there. Kyle says, absolutely not. Kids are a lifelong commitment. Everything changes and is never the same. Some people say it's for the better, but I really like my life right now and I'm not willing to change. Not to mention, I cringe at the thought of living with someone else or having a BF and those are pretty much prerequisites. (laughs) Oh my fucking God. Well, you guys, this is a stereotypical San Francisco gay answer if I've ever heard one. (laughs) And I have a feeling this is not the last that we'll hear this week. (laughs) San Diego Rob says, I hope so. Been thinking about buying a kid in TJ. (laughs) But I am seriously open to single dad life. Chris says, I would like to have kids and be a dad. How it works out logistically, though, is the question. York says, no, and that's it. (laughs) James says, I love kids, but I don't think that I could do one of my own. Sergio says, I always wanted to have at least one, but at 43 and finances not being there, I don't really know if it will happen for me. It's given me great depression at times, 
Time is really just not on my side. You're very lucky to have your son and have him already being a teenager. You get to spend more of your life with him. I would only get about half of that life at this point, but you never know. We shall see what happens. Well, Sergio, I really hope that you do get at least one kid, but at any rate, just be that fun-ass fucking gunkle. <laughs> just trying to brighten up the mood a little bit here. Roberto says no. <laughs> yes, uh, this is another San Francisco gay answer. <laughs> Walter says no, period. Not until I make at least 150K a year. <laughs> Michael says, hell no. I'm too busy trying to maneuver through all the little kids that I'm trying to date. Instead, <laughs> oh my God, you guys, please make sure that you take that in the context that it was intended. <laughs> Peter says, fuck no. My sister has three kids and it's just way more fun to spoil the fuck out of all of my nieces and nephews versus being a dad myself. I just don't think I have it in me. Jacob says, ideally, yes, but realistically, no. Paul says, I can't stand kids. <laughs> Well, this is another San Francisco answer if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Kevin says... <laughs> Kevin says, bitch, please, I can't even take care of myself. What makes you think I could actually take care of another life? <laughs> Oh my God, if you only knew this bitch, you'd fully understand exactly what he means by this. <laughs> Donovan says, the last thing I want in my life is little booger face rug rats running around. <laughs> yep, San Francisco answer again. David says, <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know if I should fucking read this. Oh, okay. <laughs> David says, I'm more focused on getting some ass rather than wiping somebody else's. <laughs> that moment where my gay expose podcast was just officially canceled, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> As usual, all of these answers are just one big giant cluster fuck of really just all over the place. We learned that many of the San Francisco gays just don't fucking want kids or, well, okay, just big city gays. We'll just say that because there were a couple of LA answers that came with that negative connotation towards children. But we also learned that there are gays out there that actually really do want kids. And there's some that actually don't foresee how it could happen for them, but they still want it. And, you know, listen, it's not for everyone, but, you know, maybe it could be something 
that like we as gay individuals should think about before we decide against it fully. <laughs> and, you know, don't worry if you didn't get your answer read this week. Just continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And remember, the funnier the answer, the more likely you'll be read live on the show. And don't worry if you felt as if you missed this story post. You can always take a look at My Gay Expose Podcast dot com and click the listen tab and there you'll find the question lying on that page for you to submit each and every week and now let's get my gay expose and you'll find out all the reasons why i'm able to go to the gay bathhouse and have an orgy but then also show up for the kids play just in the nick of time and do both things in my life seamlessly now <laughs> guys, listen, I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. <laughs> but you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. One of the things that I often say when describing what it's like to be a gay baby daddy, or, you know, in just reference to my son, is I always say that my son is the best mistake that I have ever made. Now, listen, what I mean by this is not that it was a mistake to have my son per se. I just mean that it you know, my son's mom getting pregnant, it was definitely one of those oopsie-daisy moments that we didn't plan. It wasn't intended. I mean, when I first got with her, I think we'd only been dating for like two months when she found out she was pregnant and she had two other kids from a previous marriage. So it definitely wasn't in the cards for us to have another child. But in that moment, when she walked up to me and told me that she was pregnant and my world just suddenly just completely shifted in such a crazy and significant way. I then realized that not only was I not out of the closet just yet, knowing full well that I was gay, even though I was dating her, having sex with her, all of it, and now I was about to be a daddy. And you guys, I was so fucking excited. But as I disclosed in the opening story, I will say this. I don't think it really sunk in until those first moments when I saw his head, you know, coming out of her vagina. Like, it was that moment that you always hear parents talking about when they say, like, you never actually feel the way that you feel until, you know, you actually watch your child, 
like being born in that moment. And it just completely shifts your life. And they're absolutely right, you guys. I had heard that so often that I just never gave it another thought. But when I actually watched my son being born in that moment, the overwhelming sense of love and happiness just took over my body. And even though it was a mistake that my son was like, we were having a baby, it's the best mistake of my life because while it was a mistake, it's the best thing that had ever fucking happened in my life. And nothing else has ever in this moment topped having my little Caden Philip Washburn. There's nothing else in this world that would ever make me change that not for one moment. So for all of you bitches in the Your Gay Expose segment that just insist the kids are not for you, well, that's up to you. But for me, my child has been the most rewarding, fulfilling, life-enriching piece of the puzzle in my life. And, you know, having a little infant, going through it for the first time, it's experiencing all the firsts and all the poop and dirty, disgusting little things that you have to sort of figure out and, you know, sort of maneuver through as you go along being a parent. You have to think... Like, my son's mom and I broke up shortly after his first birthday. So we were really literally doing, like, the 50-50 thing for a hot minute. And I had to, like, living on my own, figure all this shit out. And the amount of times that I had to call my sister-in-law or my mom to get advice on, like, what I was supposed to be doing as a dad. And, you know, just trying to make sure that I was doing the parenting thing at the young stages the right way. I, I quickly realized that this was something that would just fulfill me to a place that I can sit here and honestly say that after I came out of the closet and discovered my gay life, my son was never a factor. You know, a lot of people think that if you have such a promiscuous lifestyle like I do, it, you know, being such a slut and having sex with so many guys and just loving sex and being gay and doing all the gay things and, you know, basically like going to the gay bathhouse and having a huge orgy and then like going home really quick, changing your clothes and showing up to the PTA meeting shortly following. Like that was my fucking life. I had to multitask play dates and then I would end up going to the club after the play date, you know? So I just, I decided that I was going to be the best gay dad that I had ever known and I was going to do it right. But, you know, as he, you know, went through the whole schooling process, one of the things that the school teachers every single year consistently would say was they would call my son's mom and I in every year for a meeting. And we would have like one of those meetings where every teacher from kindergarten all the way up through sixth grade would simultaneously say the same thing. My son has issues like paying attention, that he's easily distracted, that he, you know, they feel he has ADD and ADHD. They wanted to like start him on medication and all these things that I just was so uncomfortable with each and every year that a teacher would say those things to us in those meetings. I mean, I literally every year would profess the same thing. I would be like, listen, you guys, I was just like he was as a kid. I hated school. I absolutely hated school. In fact, I remember in the second grade, 
one of the teachers gave us, like we were learning long division or some shit like that. And one of the teachers actually gave us an assignment to do a series of problems on paper. And once we were finished, the teacher told we could leave class early if we wanted to. And all I thought about was leaving class early. That's how badly I wanted to get out of there that I just like wrote down a bunch of numbers. I didn't even do the math because all I was focused on was getting out of class so that I could go play with all the other kids. And you know, it, that is, I saw that in my son. I, I saw that he was distracted. He was bored. He hated school. He didn't like any of it. And every single fucking year, I would profess this to these teachers and tell them that my son is just like me and he just doesn't like school. And that was as simple as that. And we don't need to put him on medication. I didn't want to put him on medication. His son, or my son, his son, and my son's mom, she didn't want him on medication either. Like we just, we just felt very fervently that it wasn't a matter of ADD or ADHD. And also, we all know that teachers are far too comfortable handing out that prescription these days. Like that's just something they feel that if they can't like, you know, do one foul swoop with their teaching regimen and every kid gets it and participates, if there's somehow one kid that's just not paying attention or is a little bit more difficult to handle, they just want to pass out that ADD and ADHD thing like crazy. Like they're passing it out like as if it was just a treat after lunch. Like, it's kind of bullshit. And for, you know, for all of you out there who might have been actually diagnosed with this for real, for real, I understand that this is a real thing. But I just knew that my son was not ADD or ADHD. I just knew it. And my son's mom agreed. Fast forward to the very first time that my son entered junior high in the seventh grade. And he literally got on the goddamn honor roll. You guys, I have never in my life wanted to take that little honor roll certificate that he earned in the seventh grade and go to every single fucking one of those teachers from grades kindergarten all the way up through six and just shove that shit up in their face. My son didn't have ADD. He didn't have ADHD. He literally, he had like just that moment like me where he just didn't want to fucking do it and when he got into junior high he just decided to do it and he did just that but you know my son does live with his mother currently in Sacramento and you might be asking yourself how is it that I go to visit him well it's very simple ladies and gentlemen meet Dorinda my best friend in the whole world and literally like this bitch and I, we've been the best of friends for like 17 plus years. And she lives in the same neighborhood as my son's mom. And so therefore, whenever I go to visit my son in Sacramento, I just stay with Dorinda and hang out with Dorinda and have fun with Dorinda. But then also go get my son and, you know, take him out to lunch and go play miniature golf with him and just do all these activities that I'm not able to do on a consistent basis because we're not currently living in the same city. And so it just really works out perfectly. And honestly, even though, you know, my ex-husband brought me to San Francisco and I was kind of taken away from my son on a more full-time basis, we still maintain a texting relationship that I'm so very proud of. And I just would do just about anything for this little boy. And I will say this, the older my son gets, and as we approach his 16th birthday, I'm just beginning to realize more and more that he's just 
growing up and it's just it they always say it happens so fast and you guys it does it happens so fucking fast i never thought i would be sitting here in this moment looking at 16 years old it literally feels like he was like fucking in diapers yesterday but he is becoming such an amazing little individual he's really into video games which i don't fucking understand for the life of me but also is really easy in regards to like birthday presents, etc. <laughs> but one of the things that I have to say that I'm so proud about being a dad in regards to how I've raised my child is one day my family years ago, they came to San Francisco for a visit. All my nieces and nephews and my brother and his wife and my other brother came and my parents were there and we decided to take the like Sutro bath hike over by the Golden Gate Bridge. And as we were doing so, we stopped off at one of the little trail stop places where you, like, you know, you outlooks the Golden Gate Bridge and you could take photos, etc. And we are all just kind of like taking photos and sitting around. And my son was at, God, I want to say he was probably like nine at the time, if I'm not mistaken. And all of my nieces and nephews are around the same age. So I was sitting on a bench holding my little niece who was very, very young at the time. And I remember hearing out of the corner of my ear, my son saying to my nephews, hey, you know, you guys, I'm not gay, but if I was, that would totally be okay. And my nephews kind of reacted like, what? Like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? What, what, is, what, what, is, what is this about? Like, they just were so perplexed and confused. And my son just repeated himself. And he just knew at nine years old, that he understood that daddy likes boys and mommy likes boys. And that's just what he's always known. And that's his life. And he understands as he gets older that not a lot of his friends have like two dads or that kind of a situation. But he fervently 100% acknowledges the idea that I'm as gay as fuck and he is perfectly okay with that. We've actually had open dialogue as he's, you know, been much older about gay specific topics of conversation in my life and all of it. And, you know, I mean, I talk about everything. That's just who I am in my regular day-to-day life. And I really wouldn't have it any other way. And my son is, you know, not, he's going to hear it all. He's going to get all of it. I mean, I obviously don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. So I leave all that shit to myself. But It's just so fulfilling and rewarding to actually know that the one, like, thing that I wanted to instill in his brain, it clicked, it worked. He openly acknowledges that he is supposed to treat everybody the same regardless of race, gender, sexual preference, all of it. It's just what he has grown to know. And to him, it's all normal. And that's it. But you guys, as we sit here on the cusp of his 16th birthday. The one thing I will say, you know, my son and I have always been like little buddies. Like he's been my little ride or die. He's always, we've just, our personalities mesh well. We've always just been like buddies and it's been so nice and fulfilling and rewarding and I love it. But then something happened and it was called puberty. (laughs) And I know all of you parents out there know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about because you guys, my son literally is like a little shithead now. (laughs) I mean that with all the love in this world, but you guys, puberty is no fucking fun. And you know, every parent gives the advice that you just have to wait 
through it. They become a completely different person. But one day, suddenly, they just come to terms with the fact that things will go right back to the way that they once were. And I'm so, I'm so ready for that to be a thing because this phase, I, I just sometimes, I don't even know how to deal with him. It's just beyond. But you know what? Regardless of puberty, regardless of the attitude, regardless of all of it, I will always love my little Caden Philip Washburn from the bottom of my gay little black heart. And there is nothing in this world that will ever change that. So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, tops or bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning and shit, even all you out there who are gay baby daddies. <laughs> Listen, we learned this week that even though I may not talk about my son on the show consistently, that doesn't mean that I haven't spent most of my life trying my very best to be the best gay dad that I possibly can. And honestly, it's just so fucking fulfilling and rewarding to watch your little boy like grow up and be just like you personality wise. And we'll just have to see what happens when you know, this whole puberty phase ends and whatever the fuck that shit's all about. But, you know, at any rate, it's just being a dad is my favorite job in this world and I really wouldn't have it any other way. But I really just want to hear from you, the listeners. Like, what the fuck do you think? Do you see yourself having kids in your future? And how do you feel about that? Like, yes or no? And tell me all the reasons why. Give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me all about it. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars, follow on Spotify, and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch me of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, mygayexposepodcast.com. And there you'll find any information that you need to know about the show. And don't forget to check out the latest piece to the My Gay Expose podcast puzzle, the official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and pick your latest piece for your next upcoming gay or pride event. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn and I will ball my eyes out at the next like kid performance with all of you next time.
week's expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.